Welcome back, everyone, to the 90 and 60 Plus podcast. My name is Christian, guys, and here today we have a bigger crew in person than we did last week. Chris is in the house for the first time to check out the new equipment. Aldo's remote. Saul was also here with us, and we're ready to get this podcast rolling. Once again, my name is Christian, joined by the three good friends that love the beautiful game and share it with me on this podcast. Chris, how are you doing, man? How's the new equipment sounding? Yeah, it does. It does sound way better than uh, at home. So props to that. I'm excited to get the pod on here. Glad to have you here for the first time, Chris, testing all this stuff out. Although I hope to have you over here soon, man. But how are you doing, man? How's the week been treating you? Uh, it's been it's been good. Uh, the weekend was you know a bump in the road because United lost. But other than that, it's been good. And yeah, hopefully I'm over there soon. You know, I, I like to record in person. That's uh, that's always the fun part. And last but not least, Saul, uh, again, sitting across the table from me, how are you feeling this week? You know, um, I'm doing good, you know. Uh, yeah, just excited, you know, two weeks away from uh, the World Cup. But, yeah, how are you doing, Christian? Oh, finally. I thought no one was going to ask me. <laughs> no, but I'm doing good, man. Uh, can't wait for that fall break for the semester. Just got to power through this week and next week. But, yeah, almost there, man. I can see the finish line already. But, yeah, doing good and glad to be back on the podcast this week not just with you but also with chris good to have the three of us back in person and yeah i guess we'll get right into it with our biggest takeaways so let's start off with aldo who's recording from home outside aldo what's your takeaway for the week yeah man there was a lot of you know events that happened in football but for me the one that caught my eye happened today today uh and it's that barca you know united and barca are going to go at it in the europa league knockout rounds which Again, kind of like I said uh, in the previous episode, that's what my feeling was. And now I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a good challenge. Yeah, dude, Europa League never disappoints, especially with the round of 16 or the round of 32. Well, this year it's different. Um, I think it was all the teams that finished first get a round or a bye to the round of 16. And then the ones that finished second play the ones that finished third in the Champions League. But yeah, still some good matchups on there. Saul called it last week. He said it's going to be either... Man United versus Barca or Man United versus PS or not PSV, excuse me, Ajax. But yeah, there's some other good matches on there. Monaco versus Leverkusen, Roma versus Salzburg, PSV versus Sevilla, Ajax versus Union Berlin. And let's not forget the teams that finished first in the Europa League. So a lot of good matches to come. Europa League never disappoints, especially in the knockout rounds. Chris, what about you, man? What's your biggest takeaway? Yeah, going uh, from Europa League over to Champions League, my biggest takeaway was also the draw this week. Uh, there was a bunch of good ones, good matches coming up, especially Liverpool against Real Madrid. And we know how Liverpool are, they can seem bitter towards Real Madrid. They have lost to the two ties against them in the past, and I think they want to get this one over them. Uh, we also got PSG versus Bayern Munich, which is going to be another really good game. We saw that game a season ago, a couple seasons ago, with uh, PSG coming up on top. So we'll see how that one goes again this time around. Yeah, we'll definitely get more into... Our predictions, even though the games are three months away, but no, we'll definitely get into our early predictions for both Europa and Champions League round of 16 fixtures. That's an, I shouldn't say round of 16 fixtures for Europa League playoff rounds, what they call it. But yeah, we'll talk about that later on. So what about you, man? What's yours for the week? So my takeaway is the fact that um, uh, P, um, Liverpool's owners, FSG, have uh, decided to sell. Well, they're still debating, but they're, they've decided to either sell so they're, they're they're still deciding whether to sell all of the all of their shares in Liverpool or just some of their shares. Um, so yeah, I'd be interested. I mean, we all know where this is gonna go. There's just gonna be more oil clubs in Premier League, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, because if 
Klopp does get one of those, um, you know, foreign funds or whatever. It'll be interesting to see if they actually back him and to see what kind of team he can build with pretty much unlimited money. But, yeah, that's my takeaway. Nice. And to round it off with the takeaways for mine, y'all, I'm going to bring it stateside. Aldo mentioned the MLS final last week. I just wanted to bring the result here to the podcast this week. Great game. This was the best MLS Cup final in history, in my opinion. It finished 3-3 three to three in overtime, LAFC and Philadelphia. And LAFC have won their first ever MLS Cup on penalty kicks. Dude, this game was insane. So it was tied 2-2 at the end of 90. They went to overtime, tied 3-3. At one point, the LAFC keeper got a red card and had to come out. And in comes John McCarthy, who, I mean, MLS fans will know, he used to play for Philadelphia Union, was a part of their developmental system, got kicked out, went to LAFC. Ended up saving three penalties for LAFC to lift the trophy in the end. But man, talk about that. Talk about Gareth Bale coming in in overtime. And he heads home in the 129th minute. That's the latest goal ever in MLS history to tie it up 3-3 and force penalty kicks. And then you look at all of LAFC's stars. You know, you got Christian Teo, who I completely forgot played for LAFC. But he takes the first penalty. It's saved by uh, goalkeeper of the year, Andre Blake. And then... Yeah, uh, just a great overall game. Gareth Bale comes up big in finals. Uh, that story with McCarthy, the goalkeeper, and really a battle of, this is the first time in MLS history where the two top teams in the East and the West face each other in the final. So that was great to see, and both teams would have either won their first MLS Cup. It just happened to go in LA's favor. Sad to see for Philadelphia, because I feel like as neutrals, um, we all look at LAFC kind of like as the uh, glamour oil club, if you will, of America. You know, they got all these all-stars, whereas Philadelphia, so many homegrown players um, and so many talented homegrown players like Paxton Aronson, who's going to Eintracht Frankfurt next year. Shout out to him. But yeah, great final. Um, great day for LA. Not so great for Philly because right after that, the Astros won the World Series <laughs> versus the Phillies. So not a great day for Philadelphia, but great day for LAFC and great day for football. So... That's mine, and I think we can just jump right into the podcast. How y'all feeling? Let's go. It's kidding. All right, where y'all want to start? Premier League? Yeah, dude. Let's do it. But yeah, man, real quick, though. Uh, I actually saw that whole game. My God, man. I That was the first time I felt that, you know, uh, a, type of, a type of European playoff vibe in that game. Because, man, it was... It was just back and forth, like you said. It was a really, really good game. Yeah, oh, yeah. Let's, let's keep on going. Yeah, if y'all sleep on the MLS, stop. But anyways, let's get back into the Premier League. This is a league that I think the MLS wants to eventually get to one day. But yeah, some big results over the weekend. Um, <laughs> I called it last week. Uh, I didn't predict 3-1. But yeah, Villa, dude, with that new manager bump in Unai Emery. What Man United's ass, 3-1. I mean, I predicted it. I don't know if you guys did. I know all those. Boy, shut the fuck up. Those are lucky ass goals. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, See, there was an own goal, too. So some <laughs> bullshit. Wasn't they were just it? missing, uh, you know, the boy Bruno. That's who they were missing. That's why it all went downhill. Yeah, Jacob Ramsey. He uh, did the very rare and scoring on both ends in the field. But I don't know, man. I think uh, Villa were clear favorites. I didn't really watch the game or the highlights. But, you know, by the looks of it and the stats, I think they were well-deserved winners. Nah. They were just good on the day. Oh, so United are gonna play against them again in the EFL Cup in a couple of days. I think it's Wednesday or Thursday. Dude, uh, good, good Ibanen. He came in clutch. I mean, I, I did have a feeling they were gonna win, but I didn't have um, 
didn't have the courage to say they would win. I only put a 1-1 draw, but, you know, I've always said I felt Unai Emery was disrespected at Arsenal and that he um, still is a good coach, and I thought he deserved another chance in the Premier League. And, you know, even though it's just the first game, I do think um, he can keep. He can definitely keep this up. Yo, another game I want to talk about, Newcastle. They continue this run of putting four goals up in a game. And, you know, who else continues a good run of form? <laughs> Miggy. Miguel Amiron, bro, scoring once again. What is that, six goals in six games now? That man is on absolute fire. Um, only going to get better, too, because Paraguay is not going to the World Cup, so, you know, he has time to rest and recover, fuel his batteries or charge his batteries, I should say. So, yeah, that was nice to see. But did Jack Reader score for City? No. Nah, what a fraud. <laughs> you want to know the, something interesting? Nah, that motherfucker don't do anything. For <laughs> You, you want to know something interesting is that the fact that uh, Miguel Almiron, he has eight goals this season, which is more than Jack Grealish has in his uh, entire Man City career. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's a little crazy. But yeah, um, we also saw another player, Bruno Guimaraes from Newcastle, always performing week in, week out. Um, I can see him going to a bigger club, maybe even next season, because he's one of their best players. But yeah, moving on to Man City and Fulham. Uh, it was a tough game for Man City. Fulham put up quite a fight, and uh, Man City got a red card, reduced to 10 men. Cancelo made a not-so-smart decision with the challenge. Last man in the box, but Man City got what it takes. They uh, took it to them, and Haaland comes in with a yeah, nice goal at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also saw Julian Alvarez uh, starting that game as the number nine. And his finish was very well, kind of Aguero-esque. Um, and just excited to see more of him. Bro, there was a bunch of good games in the Premier League this week, and I wish I had more time to watch them all. But, dude, Leeds and Borthman, y'all see that game? Holy that game. crap, bro. That last-minute winner by... Um, Christian Sosomer. That's how you say his name. Yeah, that guy's on... He comes in clutch a lot. And it's just such a good... It's just such a good club with such a good feeling around them, you know? It literally reminds me of Ted Lasso so much just because it is feel-good storytelling, but in the real world, which makes it even better. So, shout-out Leeds, shout-out Jesse Marsh. There we go. Um, there was that. There was Arsenal versus Chelsea. I don't know how I predict. I think I know I predicted Arsenal win. It was nil, or narrow 1-0, but... Could yeah, have been more. Could have been more. Um, do you guys see the... I don't know how, what you would call this, but after Arsenal scored that one goal, they celebrated all around Aubameyang. There was a whole thing on Twitter, right? He was like, nothing personal, and then... I think it was Gabrielle tweeted after, nothing personal, but London is red. Mm. That was, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't really care enough to feel a certain way, but interesting note there. Yeah, what else? We also had the Liverpool against Spurs this weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We talked about this earlier, how Liverpool are underperforming this whole season, but they always seem to turn up against the big teams. They turned up against Man City. They turned up here against uh, Spurs. And uh, their lineup was a little bit different this time around with Nunez on the left, and he was playing really well. Um, but yeah, Salah, he's uh, going back to his form. He's clinical as ever. Dyer made that mistake for that second goal, I think it was. Um, yeah, you just can't give Mo Salah that time and space that they gave him there. Yep. And um, by the way, Chris and me were the only ones that called you guys. We got it exactly right on the predictor at that 2-1. So yeah. let's go. There was that. There was one other one I wanted to. Before, before you, I, I just want to go back to the Man City Fulham game. I know City got a red card, but 
I watched that game. It's just incredible. They still dominated the game. You couldn't even notice they had a, a man down. Like it looked like City was still it was still eleven v eleven. It was it was ridiculous. I don't know if it was maybe Fulham playing scared or what it was, but it was just ridiculous. City still dominated the ball. Like Fulham was just scared to attack. It was ridiculous. But yeah, dude, City. I, I mean, it it is because it is Fulham, but it it is looking like scary hours for City. <laughs> Like they're gonna, they look, they look different this season, especially with Haaland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Premier League only one match week left, and then we get the World Cup break, and then they return on Christmas Day, which is kind of weird. But yeah, Premier League is notorious for not letting the players rest, especially during the holiday and the winter season. So uh, we'll get back to that in the end of the podcast with a Premier League pick 'em. But if y'all are ready, we can move on to another league. Which one y'all want to go to? Should we just get the Farmers ones out of the way? Bundes, I mean, I think Bundesliga pissed me off this week. Y'all see that? Bayern's back in first place, aren't they? Bayern's back in first place and fucking, excuse my language, trying to stop cursing. Um, Frankfurt. Embrace it, motherfucker. Embrace it. <laughs> nah, <laughs> not Frankfurt. Uh, Bayern Leverkusen. Dang, bro, what has Xabi Alonso been doing to that team? They whooped top of the table Union Berlin 5-0. You, you know what he did? No, I think it was Chris who brought the question up earlier in the season saying, you know, is Berlin real? Are they going to maintain this form year-round or season-long? I don't think any of us predicted them to hang around that long. And, yeah, I think they're now in fourth. No, they're not that low. I think they're third. Third. Freiburg, bro, what the fuck? (laughs) I mean, it it was fun while it lasted, but I think this is pretty much just Bayern's league now. Yeah. I think they let them have their fun, and now they're kind of like, all right, we'll take it over from here. I mean, Bayern struggled and they struggled in their game a little bit. Three two. Eric Chipomotin, what form that guy is on right now at the moment? You could say he's better than Jack Grealish at the moment. <laughs> that too. <laughs> oh, speaking of Chuba, because he's such on hot fire form, I had I read a report that United is interested in signing him in January. That's the most United rumor I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Bro, a mid footballer that's in good form, like oh, let's throw fifty million dollars that way. <laughs> Dude, I don't like this rumor. Oh man! I mean, you guys do need a striker. Yeah, we do need a striker, but we can afford. I mean, not. I'm not saying afford, but like, we have time to actually look and find for a striker. But, but I think I think the thing is, the is, Ten Hag is demanding a striker. I think that's what he really wants. I mean, he has Marshall and Rashford that can play there, but Marshall's been injury prone, you know, these past few months, and I don't think he trusts. And Ronaldo wants to leave. I mean, Ronaldo, I don't think. Um, contributes to the way he wants to play so i could understand why they're going for such kind of like a a cheap fix at the moment especially because you know he runs out of contract he wouldn't be that expensive but i could see the reasoning but i agree with you i think they could do better if they just held on until summer or something but you never know getting chupa malting may be the difference between getting um making top four or finishing in conference in europa places you you just never know like us last year we had never gotten a bombing i don't think barca finished citizen champions league spots but or luke de young for that matter yeah you just you just never know luke de young definitely saved you guys ass for sure he came in clutch a lot yeah there what was that one igalo he was a average player i picked up by united not too long ago and he did really well for the minutes he was distributed Pulled him through some dark times. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. Igalo was a beast. Yeah. He's definitely a cult hero. Just like all the, you know, just like every club has their own cult hero. But, but I mean, I don't know. Chupo Moting, I don't see him doing that. I mean, I guess that's something. I, I'm, a, I'm opposed if they buy him. But if they get him on a loan, sure. 
I mean, bro, Chipo Motun, he's played at PSG, he's played at Bayern. Where was he before? He's just, if he goes to Man United, like, he's he's traveled to them through some great clubs in the past, but, yeah, there's that. Um, Dortmund, they're being held together at the moment, in my opinion, by a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old, and Jude Bellingham yes. uses Mokoko. Mokoko got a brace. This past game before that, Bellingham has been scoring every other game, so... Yeah, he's keeping Dortmund pretty much in the title race. Um, if you can Honestly, even, yeah. If you can even say that with them being in fourth. Um, and shocker, do you guys know who's top of the goal scoring chart right now in Bundesliga? Mukata. Werner? Werner? Bro, Werner's out for the year. Oh, shit. Yes, right. Huh? Well, he's French, Aldo. Okay. It's his strike partner. Marcus Thurum. <laughs> Balling out last year. And Kunku. Oh, and Kunku, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so See, New Year's He's same. the player we should be going for. Didn't he sign for Chelsea already? He had a medical with him. I don't know if he's signed a pre-contract or not. I think they have a deal where they get, like, first priority maybe, but I'm not sure. Well, but he's definitely the guy I would go for, for you know, because he's young, he's proven himself, um, and he's on the rise. You know, he has great ability, and he's doing it in the Bundesliga, and he's contributing a lot to the team. Now I can see United going for him. But. Why, would, why wouldn't you won't go for Mukoko? He's out of contract. He's young. He it looks like he's probably going to be next up or going to be in the conversation along with Haaland and Mbappe. I mean, that's if yeah. he doesn't rule. I'm hoping Barca gets him. But who knows? Because he's going to be a free agent. Exactly. But I don't know. I would just snatch him up now. Kidnap him? Pretty much, bro. But yeah, this that guy has a tremendous amount of of potential. All right, from one farmers league to another, just to wrap them up, uh, league on PSG. They barely scraped by this past week, and they had to rely on an 85th minute winner by Danilo Pereira to get the win. Um, but they're still top of the table, five points clear of second place. Lens and Marseille's in fourth, Monaco's in fifth, Lille's in seventh, Lyon is in eighth. Wow, this uh, league on predictions did not go our way, but. That's the league in a nutshell, honestly. It's all PSG's league, even more so than Bayern is the Bundesliga. Now let's talk about some real leagues. Um, where y'all want to go, La Liga or Serie A? I say La Liga. I mean, La Liga, who has a new leader? I mean, that's, you know. Potentially? No, Barcelona is a new leader because mm. uh, Real Madrid, they lost today 3-2 versus Vallecano, which I did watch majority of that game. And I got to say, I'm not, I'm not even hating on Real Madrid, but it was a well-deserved win by Rayo Vallecano. Like, they just outplayed them for a solid 75 minutes. Um, up until Real Madrid's first goal, um, Real Madrid had created nothing. They got a penalty, and they put it away, and then they scored, I think, quickly after that. Vallecano struck back, and then they got the winner in the second half. But, yeah, Vallecano just outplayed them completely. Real Madrid, these past few games, from comments I read from their fans, and... Just other people, they just haven't looked like themselves. Like um, they're struggling in La Liga at least, but Real Madrid, it isn't looking too good for them going into um, to the World Cup break. And then also, I heard an interesting stat: ten out of their eleven starters are going to be in the World Cup. And if we learned anything from uh, what's his name from Ancelotti last season, is that he likes to pretty much play the same eleven all the time. So if one of them gets injured at the World Cup, or a couple of them, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll got to see. We'll see what happens because that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm just happy to see Barca back at the top of the table. I mean, 
would have preferred it was going to be over a win in the Clasico, but, you know, I'll get it how I can. Um, yeah, the, La Liga had some interesting matches this week. So, Sevilla and Rob Betis, everyone knows how better that rivalry is. Ended in a 1-1 draw, as did Atletico and Espanol. So, you look at Atletico's season, and you would think it's, you know, a season that's one to forget. But they're still third in La Liga. Um, not all of that comfortable, but, you know, they're still up there, as expected. Um, but, yeah, that's La Liga. Nothing really else. In Barcelona versus Almeida. Dude, that game was just... It was a good game, you know, also because last game, uh, a bit emotional. I'm not going to lie. I did shed a tear or two for Piquet, you know, just seeing uh, your childhood, uh, not heroes, but the footballers you grew up watching, you know, just all leave. It does uh, it does hit it does hit home for me. But I think the story of that game, besides the Piquet, was just the amount of chances Barca missed. Like, that game could have easily been 5-0 for Barca or, or more, but... Yeah, just a ridiculous amount of chances they missed. Um, hopefully, uh, we win our game tomorrow and we go two points ahead of. We go. Well, we'd go. T- how much? Five points ahead of Real Madrid, uh, depending on their game in hand. But, yeah, so. Yeah, La Liga, that's important to note that their last fixtures before the World Cup break is midweek. So they play tomorrow and then the last game's on Thursday. And then they don't return till New Year's Day, which is. A little weird, but again, better than the Premier League, in my opinion. That that might be why they did midweek because they're returning a bit earlier. That could be true. Um, dang, Chris, even when you're in person, you don't say much. <laughs> yeah, this La Liga. Um, I'm not really very uh, versed in La Liga or other leagues that are not Champions or Premier League. Just your average Premier League fan. <laughs> what about Serie A? Serie A. I'll say something about this. Let's see. So it looks like Napoli got a good result this weekend against Atalanta, winning 2-1. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was their main man. How do you say his name? Osimhen. No, his Kravetskelia. Kravetskelia. Yeah, I was expecting Kravetskelia to get some goals in, but looks like he did it. I think he assisted. I guess not. Demiral is at Atalanta. Yeah, Atalanta. Yeah. Demiral. No, it's permanent now. Oh, yeah, permanent. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, this was huge for. For Napoli, because before this, Atalanta was second place to them, and this just puts even more distance behind them, and it knocked them all the way down to fourth. Now they're six points ahead of AC Milan, which Lazio in third. That's cool to see. But yeah, Serie A is kind of all over the place, but you know, in the good way. It's competitive. Juventus picked up three big points versus Inter Milan. That was good to see. Um, Fagoli, Fagoli, and Rabiot getting the goals there, dude. Inter, they're. But Barca, they're the exact opposite of Barcelona, you know, in the league, they're ass, but in the Champions League, they're hot, whereas Barca and the Champions are ass, and then in the league, they're hot. But, yeah, I mean, nothing else. We'll see which Inter shows up at, at the Champions League. Cause yeah, they've, they've been really inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, they're seventh in the Serie A right now. That's quite shocking. I mean... Uh, I don't want to speak too early, they're still doing well. Yeah, I was just gonna say I don't want to speak too early, but it does look like Juventus is finally. Um, it does suck for them because we're heading right to the cup break, but it finally looked like we're pulling together. Like they're finally understanding what maybe the coach wants. I don't know, but it looks like they're finally gaining momentum and just climbing the table. So it does suck. We're going right in the World Cup as they're hitting form, but at least in the league they're hitting form, but. You know, that's just how it is. And this is kind of on that topic of Juventus. This is kind of relevant because they only got one match week left before the break. But 
it's good to see Federico Chiesa and Angel Di Maria returning to the squad. I think two very crucial factors to that can help them out in this season. Obviously, we'll see how their World Cup... I mean, Chiesa's not even going to the World Cup, so, you know, it's good for Juventus that he returns. And Di Maria is. Um, hope he stays healthy because he's going to be crucial to Argentina. But, yeah, that's the city, huh? And that's all the leagues we need to cover. Do y'all want to... I know it's early predictions, and obviously a lot of can change between now and February, but y'all want to give our uh, early predictions for Champions and Europa League? Yeah. I'm done. All right, let's start off with the Europa. Um, so, yeah, as I mentioned before, the teams that finished second in the group are the ones that are playing the teams that finished third in the Champions League groups. Still some good matches on there. Went on them, or I mentioned them earlier, but I'll just go through them again very quickly. Or let's just go through them one by one, and then we'll all say who's the favorite as of now, and then obviously things can change in three months. First one, RB Salzburg versus Roma. Can you guys see Jose Mourinho getting another Europa League title? No, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Salzburg wins this one. I know they're a bit of an underdogs, but I just seen the way Salzburg plays and stuff, and they play some beautiful football, in my opinion. And I, I think Salzburg's going to surprise Roma here. I'm going to disagree with you. I think Roma has got this in the bag, especially after being champions last season. Um, no. Yeah, I think they are more comfortable here now. Uh, Mourinho's got more time under his belt with that squad. Tammy Abraham's got more time with that squad. They were all gelling together. Um, yeah, I think Salzburg is not strong enough to beat this Roma team. Yeah, I agree with Chris. I think Roma's going to get the win. But imagine this. Roma after winning the Conference League, win the Europa League this season. I mean, very unlikely, but still. And then they play in the Champions League next season, potential winners. That's a perfect fairy tale story right there. Oh, man, that would. That would, but... But you gotta look at the facts, man. Salzburg's coming down from the Champions League after, like Saul said, man, a really good performances, really good football. I mean, I think they beat Chelsea, right? I think they tied they still, versus Chelsea. I'm not sure. I think either they won one or they were very on the edge of one, but they held Chelsea. And but yeah, I mean. Like Chris was saying, Roma is the Conference League champions, but I mean, come on, it's the Conference League. Hey, what the fuck is that? You know, so I still think it's going to be a good match, but Salzburg is going to, uh, over two ties, Salzburg's going to go through for me. Yeah, they drew with Milan and Chelsea once in the Champions League group stage, so that's pretty cool. Um, next one, Ajax versus Union Berlin, and if this was the Union Berlin that was playing a month and a half ago, it would have been a very good match. Well, Ajax, too. Actually, this past weekend lost, uh, I think it was 2-1 versus PSV. So that now sees PSV rise in the Eredivisie, top of the table. Shout out Kuti, getting a goal there. Um, but yeah, these are two teams that kind of start off really hot in the season. Now they're kind of on a slump. So it's very interesting. But again, things can change between now and February. But nevertheless, I think Ajax are favorites. I think they have the better squad, and I think they'll pull through. Yeah, I think this one's a toss-up. I really don't know who to choose, but I'm a... Just because of how bad of a form they are, and I do think their coach is going to end up getting sacked at Ajax, I'm going to go with Union Berlin. I feel like they don't have any chemistry at the moment. Like They just don't know the type of football that um, Alfred Schroeder wants them to play at the moment. So I see if he's still in charge, I see them struggling. So, so I'm going to go with Union Berlin at the moment. I mean, we've all seen how good Union have been this season in the Bundesliga. Um, and I think they might bring that success onto Europe too. Uh, yeah, like you guys said, Ajax has been underperforming, so I'm going to give it to Union Berlin. 
Can you guys remember the last time that uh, Ajax were not playing knockout football in the Champions League? It's been a minute. In the Champions League? I think it was like two years ago. I think it was uh, that season yeah, after they had the longer long. season. It was either two seasons ago or two or three seasons ago. It was the season... It was two seasons ago, wasn't it? Before you guys bought the young. No, it was two seasons ago they played, I remember. Because last year they finished first, but the year before that they had fallen down to the Europa League and they got knocked out by Roma in like the semis or quarterfinals, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's been a... It's just so weird not seeing them play knockout football in the champions. But anyways, this one's very underrated in my opinion. PSV versus Sevilla. I mean, their badge looks similar, their kits look similar, they got similar players, they play similar football. I'm just kidding, that was, those last two were kind of a stretch, but now it's going to be a good game. Um, Sevilla, we know how good they are in the Europa League. Could they go all the way? Maybe, but PSV is a very good team right now. Um, they got Xavi Simmons, who's on good form. They got, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, Skakpo. Yeah, that guy's on that guy's on real good form right now. Look out from the World Cup. But honestly, I think I'm leaning more towards PSV if I'm being honest. Yeah, PSV for the sure, dude. I mean, the players you just named, just think about them. But also put in the fact that, you know, your old boy, Dijon, is coming back on form. I mean, he was crucial to the to uh, that Arsenal win uh, in one of the last games. So he's also coming up in form. Yeah, PSV for sure. Yeah, I would I would agree PSV here. I mean, Sevilla's currently, they just don't look good. They didn't make any moves. Unless they make some moves in January, I'm going to stick with PSV because, I mean, Sevilla, I think at the moment, is currently sitting in relegation zone with, uh, in La Liga. And, but PSV, also, there's rumors they might sell Gakpo in January, so uh, that would hit them pretty hard. But I think I'll stick with PSV regardless. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. I think I saw a stat where uh, Cody Gakpo has insane numbers this season, something like... Double-digit assists and goals already. In both? I think so. Yeah, so we all know how good a season he's been having, and it's really going to hurt him if he does leave in January, which I think PSV need to do everything in their power to to avoid, keep him until the summer at least. But yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to say PSV go through. You bring up a good point there, Chris, because... I completely forgot about the January window. That can really, you know, make or break some of these uh, clubs' European campaigns. So we'll see how that has an effect. UA Nantes, can we just all agree, UA? If they take it serious, obviously. Yeah, Julia. Yeah, yeah UA should get this one. Um, just go through. I mean, this one. Go through the other smaller ones before we get to the main event. Shakhtar Rens. I don't know, and I honestly don't care. Uh, I'm a, I'd say Shakhtar. I saw them yeah. in the Champions League performance uh especially if they kid mudrick i think is his name how you pronounce it but he's been balling so i, I see a shakhtar same shakhtar is always decent in europe i'll be different i'll just say Rennes. uh sporting and midland no midland they finished third in their champions league group that was a pretty hard group so kind of good for them for being down in uh europa league right now but sporting they're on really good form um they got some really good players doing some good stuff this season so i'll just go for the safe pick yeah, I agree. Sporting, I just um, they gave everyone in that their Champions League group a, t- a tough match, so I stick with Sporting. Wasn't Michelin? Didn't they beat Man United a couple of years ago? I <laughs> 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 say Michelin what? just for that. Michelin, they do have. Um, 
an ex Barca youth coach, Albert Capellas, and he's been playing some really beautiful football from what I've seen and heard. Um, I know this. I think this one's pretty close too. Leverkusen and Monaco. I mean, based off the five 0 thrashing and the form that Alonso's on right now for Leverkusen, I'll say Leverkusen. I think Florian Vert is scheduled to return around the same time too, so it's going to be massive having them him back in the squad. Yeah, I think that I think this one's a toss up. But, uh, I think I think I'll stick with Leverkusen. Um, I'm going to go with Monaco on this one. I mean, I don't know where they are this season in uh, France, but they always seem to do well in Europe. So I think they're going to take this one through. All right, and now the main event of the Europa League. This is the fixture that I think everyone wanted to see. It's Barcelona versus Man United. What was it, three seasons ago? This was a round of 16 fixture. No, a quarterfinal fixture in the Champions League. But dang, how times have changed. I mean, Cristo Ronaldo, can he play spoiler once again to Barcelona? We'll find out. We'll find out if he even plays, honestly. But yeah, he might be gone in January. <laughs> I mean, if both teams take this serious, and but I mean, it's gonna be a good game. Honestly, I was joking with Chris earlier, saying this is a battle of mid. Probably early kickoff last week. Yeah, but no, it's gonna be good. I think that like use it so this could be potentially the most viewed Europa League match ever. Um, but yeah, we're gonna go Barca. Not just being biased, I think they're a better team. They're gonna have some more injured players come back to fitness around this time too, so that'll help them out. Yeah, uh, I'm a group Christian. I think. If Barca has a fully fit squad, you know, um, I just don't see Barca with a backline of Araujo, Conde, Balde, and Christensen. I just, I just don't see United causing any damage to that. That may come back and bite me in the ass, but that's if they're fully fit. Otherwise, honestly, I feel like Ten Hag is such a... Well, at least in the big games, he's shown he's a really solid coach. So it would be a toss-up. But as Aldo says, I got to back my team, so I choose Barca. Ain't that funny? Well, obviously, man, I'm going to go for United. I mean, I just think they're, they've done really good progress, sure. The Aston Villa game was, you know, it happened. Uh, but they've been doing really well progress. Um, and, and we also have some players coming back to fitness from that time. I mean, Marshall should be in much better condition by then. Um, uh, we should also have, I mean, I think Wan-Bissak is coming back injured. But we should have players, you know, rest. I think the only downside I can see is that we won't have um, Lisandro Martinez in that first, you know, first game, because oh, yeah. this guy got suspended from a yellow. So that's the only downside I see. But I think we'll have enough quality by then to to fill that role, no problem. But yeah, it's going to be a great game. But United going to go through. Chris, much to see what you say as a neutral. Yeah, like you guys were talking about, um, it all depends if these teams take it seriously. And I think Man United should take this more seriously because this is their few chances this season of getting silverware. I think Barcelona, if they... I think Barcelona are really more focused on the league. They're first place right now, and uh, they have no Champions League. I don't know if they really care that much about Europa, but I think they should focus on La Liga and take that crown away from Madrid. And I think Man United... Mm, they should go far in this. They should go all the way in the Europa League because that is their... They're not winning the Premier League this season. They're not in Champions League. This is their biggest uh, opportunity to get some big silverware. So I think Man United should take this seriously, should take the game to Barcelona, and should uh, go through. All right, enough of this small team Europa League talk. <laughs> Let's go to the Champions League. And once again, I want to emphasize that these games are three months away. Anything can happen between now and February. 
but let's just give out our early predictions. So let's start off with some of the honestly, and I think this is true because I was saying a take on Twitter saying that Europa League usually has more entertaining draws in the round of 32 or round of 16 because it is so competitive and so evenly matched. But I think this season the Champions League is kind of that you know it's uh there's obviously one fixture that's pretty swayed um because there's iraq influence or <laughs> saudi influence <laughs> whatever it is <clears throat> but no the rest look very um competitive and i'm very excited to see Ooh, some good matches on here so let's just start with some of the easiest ones um i guess club bruges and benfica is the most or the least exciting um what, what? i think oh, it's bro, exciting you can't, you can't sleep on bruges like that well, bro, I think it's exciting, honestly. Two, in my opinion, evenly matched teams. And since, since I'm already talking, I'll just give my prediction a bit. I think it's going to be a tight one, but I do think Benefica pulls this one. I, don't, I just think Roger Schmidt, I think his Benefica's coach, is doing an amazing job there. And I just don't think Club Rouge has the firepower to do it. Um, Ferran Jufkla is in good form. But I, I, I just think Benefica, just, I think they're too well coached to... To not to fail in the round of sixteen. Yeah, there's always a Portuguese team. Brewers, homie. They they come up with this fire, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I can see Bruce winning winning this tie. Well, at least the first leg for sure. So you can't sleep on Bruce. They they sure they are out. You know, they're coming down from. Uh, sorry, not coming down. Benfica's coming down, but they're coming down from. You know facing second in the group in the Europa League so I think it's going to be a good game I think Club Bruges has it to win it though. I honestly do yeah I agree I'm going to go with Bruges as well this is this just goes to show how well that a team can be uh, set themselves up if they finish first and Benfica did that I mean this could have been PSG but yeah good on Benfica finishing first and getting this tie it's more favorable but I still think Bruges is going to narrowly take it home I'm going to disagree with that. I think Benfica have, uh, like Saul said, they have more firepower. They have a good coach. And uh, there's always, there always seems to be a Portuguese team in the last four, the last eight. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to keep that trend going. All right, I take it back. I think this one's the least entertaining. I mean, it's still competitive, but let's be honest. We all know who's going to win between City and Leipzig. Chris, you can stand there and say all you Leipzig. want that this is going to be... <laughs> And even match, and Leipzig's a tough opponent, but we all expect City to go through. Yeah, I mean, you said it best. I mean, what else is new City and getting an easy draw <laughs> every year? I mean, if it isn't Shakhtar Donetsk, it's got to be Leipzig or some other team. But, yeah, I think it's City. Unless Le- Leipzig just plays super defensive and counterattacking football, I just don't see them going through. I mean, I mean, I say that, but then, you know, Pep can overthink things. And, you know, I mean, they did lose versus... Leon that one year to make it to the finals, but any, anything can happen. But I think pretty much unless there's a catastrophe, City's going through. Yeah, I mean, City should win this. The squad they have, um, I mean, yeah, they're they're favorites to win the whole thing, so they should definitely go through here. But I do think it's going to be a tough game. You know, RB Leipzig has got uh, Christopher and Kunku. Bundesliga's top scorer right now and uh, yeah that whole squad is well, just very gelled together they, they got Angelino back there somewhere <laughs> yeah actually you know he's on one and a half and a half is he? yeah oh, yeah I didn't even know that down <laughs> so he's not doing well I guess but yeah um, that squad um, it looks like RB Leipzig always has uh, 
the same midfield every year, same defense, bar a few players leaving like Upamecano. But they got Werner back. He unfortunately he's injured for the rest of the year. I hear. He, supposedly he's gonna be back yep. in January, but I don't know how true that is. Hmm. But yeah, Leipzig is is a good squad. They have good players. They have a good chemistry in that squad, and it is going to be a tough match. I say RB Leipzig for sure. Don't get me wrong. Not just because of that, but I, I honestly do believe that they, you know that they can pull this one through. I mean, but just like Chris said, you know they do have a good squad. They've they've been having you know rough patches, but generally it is a good squad. So. I think it'll need some luck. It'll need some hard work. work. <laughs> but definitely, RB Leipzig are going to go through. Like, they'll, they'll get it. They'll get it done. All right, and honestly, the rest of these matches are very evenly matched. I mean, dude, Inter Porto. Porto is on the up. Inter is kind of, you know, up and down. You know, I'm going to go for an upset. I think Porto can pull this off. They have that one uh, Iranian striker. Tarami, Tarami, however you say his name. He's on fire right now. He's another player to look out for in the World Cup. Uh, if you're the U.S., you should be shaking your boots. But, no, yeah, I mean, Inter's patchy, and Porto's consistent both in league and Champions League, so I'm going to go for Porto. I don't know if you can call that an upset, but Porto. Yeah, um, I would actually argue this is the most boring game, if I'm being honest. Inter-Porto, I mean, Inter plays very defensive football. I, I mean... I don't recall watching Porto play, so I can't really judge them. But I know Inter plays some very defensive football and tries to hit on the counter. But yeah, I think Inter wins this one. I just think, I think uh, Champions League is all they got right at the moment, and I think they just have to perform in this. So I think Inter wins this one. Nah, Inter's been so inconsistent for me. I can't really. I don't know. I mean, we don't know what, which interest we're going to get. Is it the one that, you know, tied against Barca? Or is it just another one that can actually win? You know, we have no idea what what's going to happen. So, Porto for me, definitely much more consistent. I'm going with them. Easy. Yeah, I don't really know much about these two squads, but Inter have been uh, on a downward spiral. This season, even if they do have Lukaku up there, they managed to keep Martinez in that squad. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what's going wrong with Inter this season. But like you guys said, Taremi's on fire. Porto's on fire. Pretty consistent this season. I'm going to go with them. Nice. That's three for Porto. All right, Chris, let's talk about a club that you do know because they play in the Premier League. Milan and Spurs. Again, so evenly matched. Um, both are patchy up and down. But on their best day and if both squads are fit, Man, this is hard because Conte just pretty much sets up to play counterattack football, but I think Milan is good enough to surpass that and not give Spurs the ball or even the chance to counter. I'll go for Milan. I think Spurs always bottle it. Conte's never had the best record in Champions League, so I'll go for Milan. That's a good point about uh, Conte not having that much luck in Europe, which luck is a big factor in the Champions League and Europa League. But I don't know. That Spurs squad is... Very, very solid. They got a really good attack. Their midfield is up there. They got good defense. Uh, I don't know much about Milan. I know Rafa Leo is uh, better than Vinny. <laughs> that and uh, is he having a good season this year too? Bro, he's been injured or suspended these past few games. So. Mm. But he, he hasn't. He's been having a 
decent season, I guess. So yeah, we all know the quality. <laughs> We all know the qualities. Yeah. We're sleeping on Olivia Giroud, guys. Olivia Giroud. Yeah, he blessed us with that shirt, the celebration this past weekend. <laughs> oh, he's he's been picking up form, bro. He's well, I I think he's continuing form from his last season, but he's doing a great job for Milan. He's gotten some clutch goals, last minute winners. Um, I think there was an equalizer in there, but he's coming up. That's why. That's why I'm saying. Milan's gonna go through. You know what? Yeah, I mean, I think Christian said it best to evenly match teams. But I think, I think I'm gonna give it to Tottenham, purely based on coaching experience of Conte, because I don't think Bioli has ever played a, a knockout match, a Champions League knockout match. And if Tottenham is fully healthy, you know they got Son, Richarlison, Kluszewski, and all those players back. I do think Tottenham pulls away. Pulls away in this one. But yeah, as Christian said, it's, just, it's evenly matched. I could see it going either way, but for me, Tottenham. All right, Dortmund versus Chelsea. Again, very evenly matched. Um, you know what? I think Dortmund can get, can get the win. Um, again, things can change between now and February, but I'm going to go for Dortmund as an early pick. Yeah, I think I'm uh, I think I'm agree with Christian here. I think, I think Grant Potter is going to be the next uh, Pep Guardiola. And I think he overthinks it here, or maybe he gets the, some jitters in his stomach or something. And he's just, I, I think Dortmund pulls through on this one. I just think, I just, uh, I, I don't think Potter is ready for this occasion yet. I don't think, I mean, either is Dortmund's coach, but I, just, I don't know. I just feel like there's going to be too much pressure on Potter and he's going to, you know, get knocked out here. Yeah, I mean, Dortmund, Dorman's always been, you know, one of those clubs that just always has talent. Whether it's established talent like Marco Royce or, you know, up and coming gems like Drew Bellingham, you know, all these crazy guys. But Dorman has the quality. And even right now, even though they just sold one of their best, you know, strikers in Erling Holland, they're already coming up with some talent as young as 16, 17 men. And they're pulling through, man. They're, they're getting these matches done for sure. I'm trying to find that 17-year-old name, man. Mokoko? Yeah, I think that's the one. Yunus or Yusuf Mokoko? So from... Yes. Where is he from? Bro. Right. No, he's German, but I think... Germany. He's German, but, but his parents are from like somewhere else. You got to keep an eye on this kid, man. Yeah, free. His contract expires in the summer. Hopefully, Barca gets him. But if not, there's going to be a lot of clubs after him. Yeah, um, I mean, both these teams have been having up and down season. We were talking earlier about how Dortmund is relying on their young players to grind out results. We saw Jude Bellingham be on really good form this season, scoring more than he does usually. But Chelsea have also been pretty bad. Uh, they did bring in some recruitments this season. And it looks like none of them are really, none of them really hit the ground running. We saw Bamiyan come in. We saw Kukurela, Sterling, and none of these players have really started uh, playing well. Yeah, they haven't flourished. Um, maybe they just need more time with the squad. Uh, we saw Tuchel get sacked. A new manager with Potter coming in. So it looks like both these teams are very. I don't know what's the word. Even patchy, inconsistent. Yeah, they're inconsistent. They're patchy. They. Uh, this is going to be a good game, though. I think 
I do think Chelsea are the stronger squad, and they do take this, though. It's either going to be a good game or just one of the worst <laughs> knockout ties we've ever seen in a while. All right. Frankfurt-Napoli. Honestly, in the Champions League alone, if you're talking just strictly Champions League, if Napoli win this, I think we know they're for real in this competition. I mean, we, we said enough about their form of the league and Champions League. Frankfurt's a good opponent. They won the Europa League last season. They're having a really good season in the Bundesliga. But yeah, no, I think if Napoli win this, then they're going to be a serious contender in the knockout round going forward. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I've seen Napoli more than Frankfurt, and Napoli has been playing some of the, the best attacking football we've seen. I just think Napoli takes this one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. We saw how good they are in Serie A this season, top of the league. And uh, that strike partnership is looking really deadly this season. And uh, I do think they're going to carry on that form in Europe and they will take care of Eintracht Frankfurt too. Yeah, it's going to be, a, it's going to be, overall I think it's going to be a good game. I mean, Xavi Alonso is working his wonders there. Good game overall, um, but Napoli, with the quality they have and the way they're being coached, because if you think about it, this is a Napoli that had to, you know, restructure because they lost a lot of key players last season. And they're doing a really good job. So, yeah, Napoli should definitely win this with, with what they've done so far. All right. Now, these are the two ones that everyone wants to hear us talk about. Um, PSG versus Bayern, a repeat of the final that was from the 2020-21 season. And Liverpool-Madrid, the repeat from the final last year. And it's the, what, third time in four years we see these teams go head-to-head in the Champions League. So let's start with that one. I mean, Liverpool, patchy, inconsistent. Madrid just consistently one of the best in Europe, one of the best in La Liga. So not much to say or even wonder here. Liverpool can pull the upset, but I'm going to go with Madrid. Damn. Um, I mean, we have been saying that Liverpool has been showing up this season to the big games. But I don't know. I, I think this one really depends. As I mentioned earlier, Real Madrid has 10 out of their 11 usual starters going to the World Cup. And, you know, they got some injuries or something. I don't think... The players they have are as easily replaceable. I mean, Benzema's been barely playing this season. So I, I think this match is going to be a lot closer than people think, but I do think Real Madrid just... I think they just have Liverpool's number, and I think they won this tie again. Uh, I'm going to disagree with that. I think Liverpool, man for man, have the better squad than Madrid do. Um, and right now they're going through some injury crisis, which is why they're not performing at the level that we're used to. And by the time this happens, this match in February, Liverpool hopefully will have their players come back. Their midfield right now is looking very thin, but maybe Jordan Henderson can come back uh, and shore that up. Um, but yeah, I think Liverpool have this. Bro, what is this like? Mo Salah's 50th third. comeback? It's their chance. It's their chance for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's been coming up a lot since then, huh? Bro, and Sergio Ramos ain't even there no more. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's what makes it even more epic. But I it's it's really hard to tell. Madrid are going to Madrid. They're going to pay off some people, you know, just to get that slight edge. Um, No, I'm just kidding. They play really good football sometimes. But now I'm going for Liverpool on this one. I know it sounds weird being a United fan. But I mean, now nah, fuck that. Never go for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
We're from Madrid all the way. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to go with Benjamin Vinny. Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. Can't sleep on Alabama. All right. Rude PSG Bayern. I don't know what you guys' agenda is against PSG. I know they come from an oil club and all that stuff, but me, I love parody. I don't want to see Bayern win the Champions League after having him win like recently. I love to see new champions, and whether it's City, whether it's PSG, no matter if they're backed by oil, oil um, countries, I want to see someone new win the Champions League. I want to see some parody. Fuck City too. <laughs> so I hope PSG wins, and I think they will. Yeah, I think. Um... I'm agree with you here. I think PSG wins this one. I just think, um, I mean, Bayern's a great team, but I mean, they have been questionable at the beginning of the season. You know, there was reports coming about out about their coach, how they didn't trust him or whatnot. But I don't think it's just that. I think PSG, especially Neymar and Messi, I think are just at a different level this season. I think they're out here for something to prove. And I think Messi knows this is, especially if he doesn't win the World Cup, he might be super motivated to win uh win the Champions League, especially knowing that this could possibly be his last year at in playing Champions Champions League football. I mean, there's been rumors about him going to MLS and whatnot, but yeah, I think PSG pulled this one out. But speaking about champions, I do th- I, I do not think PSG will win it, and I don't think Real Madrid will win it. I think someone else will. I, I don't know who yet, but I don't I don't I don't think PSG or Real Madrid are going to win it this year. Yeah, just uh, as long as it ain't just keeping more praise on PSG and uh, one man in particular, Neymar. He's been crazy this season. Just uh, I think he has double digits in the league for both goals and assists. So that's pretty wild. Um, considering he has Messi there, considering he has Mbappe there, and he's still put putting up these numbers um, while sharing the pitch with these guys. So yeah, I think. Um, we're seeing a new Neymar, maybe the best Neymar we have seen in his career. And uh, we're going to see what he can do with that. But I do think PSG have the advantage. Something about Bayern Munich after losing Lewandowski. They don't have that number nine there. Uh, Mane did come in, but they're very different players. He uh, likes to come in more on the left, more as a winger. So, yeah. I don't think uh, Bayern are as strong as they were last season. Nah, bro. I think it's for that reason that thing where we get Sadio Mane and play him in a different way that they, they're going to get it over PSG. Sure, Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, they, they've got some really good numbers, but I mean, come on, look at where they're playing. They should be having these type of numbers, whether it's, you know, as working as a group or not. Um, because if you think about it, in the Champions League, even with with all of them, they couldn't do much da- damage to other than Maca- Ma- what's their name, Macafi, Macafi Haifa. Yes. So that's where they got a good chunk of their goals. You know, they scored what seven seven two in the la- last game day or second to last game day. They're a little bit inconsistent too. So that's why I think Bayern will edge it over because they won't be able to get a six two seven two against Bayern. There's just no way. I mean, it is the two farmers leagues going at each other. I mean, pretty much whoever loses this one, it's a. I mean, their season could be considered a failure, pretty much. I mean, this is what these two clubs put a majority of their emphasis on, mm-hmm. is winning the Champions League. So, whoever gets knocked out here, I think they'll consider the season a failure. 
regardless if they win the league or not. Yeah, I mean, we're at an hour. Do you got? I, what I wanted to do was like break down the Brazilian squad call-ups. But yeah, as we get closer and closer to the World Cup, you know, we're going to see more and more nations release their squads. And it's 28 men instead of 23 this time. So, I mean, there's some points of contention. We were kind of talking about it earlier, um, how we be- some of us believe Richarlison, not excuse me, Richarlison is, doesn't deserve to be there, whereas someone like Firmino does. Um, you guys want to expand on that a little bit? I actually think Richarlison does uh, belong in that squad because, uh, I don't know, he's just aggressive, he's direct, he's forward, and I think on a tired defense, maybe bring him in 60 minutes, he can do some damage with that, uh, with those skills he possesses. Bro, zero goal contributions in the Premier League this season. <laughs> That's true, but he's uh, he's never been a... I don't know. I'm going to say this Jack Grealish defense over and over again. But <laughs> he's never been he's, a uh, <laughs> he's <I> mean, always... <laughs> uh, well, he's never been a very clinical goal scorer. His assist numbers are never that great. And also, he's adjusting to that new squad at Spurs. New manager. He's in a top six team now. And uh, I think he's still performing well, even if he's not getting on the score sheet. Yeah, didn't he get injured? Nah. Is he he Richard, did, but, injured, but he'll be back in time. Yeah. I mean, I hope not. I hope he doesn't and Firmino goes. You know, one player that maybe oh. does not belong in there? Rafinha. What? Recently moved to Barca from Leeds. I don't know what you guys think about that. I mean, he hasn't been in the best of form, but at the end of the day, it's all how you, um, you perform for your country. And he's been... Along with Richarlison, they've been, just been performing for the country whenever they're called upon. And I guess that's what really matters to the coach at the end of the day. But yeah, that's why I think both of them, deservingly, could be argued, but I think that's why both of them were called up. Another player, I don't think Pedro deserved to be there from Flamengo. I mean, he should, I mean, Roberto, Roberto Firmino should have taken his spot. We're going to say anyone should be out, it's him. Um, Everton Rivedo, a midfielder. I mean, I don't think he should be there either. I don't know. I ain't never heard of this guy. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch the Brazilian league game, but I'm pretty sure there's a better midfielder. Bro, Fred is in this squad? Yeah, Fred. I don't <laughs> think Fred deserved to be there either. But at the same time, to his respect, I can't think of any other Brazilian midfielder that could take either one of those two spots. Hendrix, you guys heard about that young up talent? Your mind. Yeah, but he's a forward. Do you guys hear all those? <laughs> What did he say? <laughs> he was like, boy, have you lost your mind? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's funny because in Brazil, they uh, they always trash the Brazilian Federation for not putting enough players to play in the Brazilian league. But us here in the U.S. and us here in Mexico, we always we want our squads to be filled with European-based players. Mm-hmm. So it's quite the opposite. But no, man, I mean, I think you, those are two deserving shouts of snubs or players that don't deserve to be there. But I also, if you want to talk about snubs, Gabriel from Arsenal had a fantastic season last season, and I think he should be included in the squad. Who you take out, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of Brazil's defense. Brazil at their weakest is the defense. You know, Danilo and Alexandro, they've been okay for Juventus. Danny Alves has been honestly pretty bad for Pumas, and that's saying a lot. Alex Tellers has been all right. Thiago Silva and Edermi Vitale are arguably their best defenders. I mean, Marquinhos as well, but yeah, I think Gabriel should deserve to have a spot. Yeah, especially considering how many forwards they're bringing. Maybe they could have brought one or two less and uh, bring another midfielder in. And, uh, yeah. Um, they're, maybe another they're, defender in, because that midfield looks very thin compared to their attackers. Yeah, um, I think... <laughs> I think Coutinho would have been there over um, 
ever turned Ribeiro, but I think since he's injured, he's not there. But yeah, that midfield does look a bit thin, but at the end of the day, they only use three. How would you guys line this Brazil squad up? I mean, the goalkeeper, obviously, Allison starts over Edgerson, right? For me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang, yeah. you agree? Dude. Well, he always starts for Brazil. I'm not even going to Ed- argue with that. Edgerson started from the Copa Ederson did? Ed- yeah. Bro, Ederson is a liability. Bro. I think <laughs> if you take away his ball playing skills, I just don't think he he's an elite shot stopper. Or bro, his shot stopping doesn't warrant him starting over Allison. And that's why I think bro. Allison. I think Allison. I mean, I watched Liverpool a lot last season. That Allison saves Liverpool's ass a lot. Like he saves a lot one on one on ones. I think he has an argument to be best goalkeeper in the world, in my opinion. Bro, honestly, you put ever not Everton. Uh, you put Ederson in the midfield, and he's probably more competent midfielder than Fred. Agree. <laughs> All right. Boy, you lost your mind. I mean, center backs, bro. I'd go. Damn. No back four. You know what? I'd go Silva and Marquinhos as center backs. Militao as right back, and then left back. I guess Telles is the best option, but that's not. That's gonna be the weakest point of Brazil. Yeah, I think so. that, that's exactly what I would say as well. I mean. All the Brazilians I've seen commenting are saying Danilo's going to start as right back, which uh, I don't agree with. I think Militao would do a more serviceable job, serviceable job there. But uh, yeah, I agree with your back for Christian. What about that deep-lying midfielder role in Casemiro or Fabinho? We're not there yet, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to Sandro and Danilo's credit, they've been playing center back a lot for Juventus this season, so they can deputize there if needed. But I don't know. Um yeah, midfield. I think it's interesting because me personally, I know they probably won't play this. Or I think they will. I think they'll play a midfield pivot with Casemiro and Fabinho and just have the rest of the four players up front just completely devoted to attacking with no defensive responsibilities. And with those two DMs, like you can totally do that. I would go Casemiro, Bruno Guimaraes, and Lucas Paqueta. I think Casemiro does a lot of defensive work. Guimaraes is... Uh, Box to box, mm-hmm. Paqueta is the creative kind of attack, more attacking midfielder. That's how I would do it. I mean, I think Fred's in there because Fred, whenever he has someone else doing the defensive work, is also pretty good. I mean, yeah, I think it's gonna. How I, I think I would go with Casemiro, Gimaiish, and Paqueta, but I think Fred's gonna take over that spot for Gimaiish, and I still think Paqueta starts though. Yeah, thank you want to deputize a like center attacking midfielder position it could be Baqueta but honestly Neymar plays in the middle mm-hmm. so much I think he just might as well just put him there Vinny I think he's got that left spot that left wing position on lock right I mean Anthony's gonna be doing that stupid skill move the circles all around <laughs> but yeah he's probably gonna start on the right wing honestly and then honestly striker I'd go um Gabriel Martinelli he's like think the most clinical because you get something completely different out of Jesus and even Firmino if you were to go so yeah, I'd go Martinelli just for the pure. He's he looks like the striker. He he can play striker, and he probably will be the most clinical. Yeah, um, that midfield. Uh, I think I would go with a Fabinho and a Bruno in there, and then maybe like you said, bring Neymar into that ten role, and then you got three more attackers in front of him. I think Vinny has that spot. I don't know about right wing though. Right wing and striker are kind of tough. I feel like right wing is up between Rafinha and Anthony. You think so? Jesus has played there occasionally too, and he's arguably played his best football for Brazil. Yeah. Well, not not just Brazil, but overall. Yeah, his overall. Best football and you know that Washington right City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I see. I think Gabriel Jesus starts whether that's at in the wing or, or, up, top. or up top. 
Um, but that last spot, I don't know if Anthony deserves that. I don't even know if he would be called up if he wasn't at Man United right now. Um, that right wing spot could go to Rodrigo from Madrid. I mean, Martinelli could do a job there, I guess. Not his strongest position, but I don't know. Richarlison, Rafinha, Anthony, they seem like super subs to me. I mean, you put any mixture of these attackers on the field, like this squad is scary and this squad is going to go far in the World Cup. You can't go wrong is what I'm saying. I think it's going to be... Well, from what I've been reading from um, a lot of Brazilian fans is that Neymar will drop into that 10 role and then the wings will be Vinny and Rafinha and then the, down the middle will be Rodrigo or Richarlison. So that's all, that, that's what I've been reading. But I would personally, I would go Vinny, I think Rafinha, and then Neymar down the middle. All right. So yeah, uh, can't wait till next week. Probably we're going to do... We can do more squad breakdowns or even like a full-on group stage prediction for the World Cup because we got the last um, fixtures coming up for club football. I mean, let's just go through some notable ones before the break. Ligue 1, Monaco and Marseille, that's probably the most entertaining game on there. Bundesliga. Not much. Not much, yeah. <laughs> pretty easy teams for the big teams. I think pretty Schalke easy games for the big I teams. I might be wrong about that, but I think Schalke versus Mainz, I think that's a bit of a rivalry. Oh, Freiburg-Leipzig. Freiburg's oh, in yeah. second place. La Liga, we mentioned earlier they're playing midweek. Uh, there's some good ones on there. Betis Valencia, uh, Atletico Madrid, and Mallorca. Mallorca, who picked up a win this past week against Villarreal. Uh, so good for them. Sevilla and Sociedad. And that's pretty much it. Barca and Madrid got easy teams. Osasuna's champ. I mean, Europe spots. So that's not an easy game by any means. Serie A. Milan versus Cromonense. Hopefully, Johan Vasquez gets some minutes before the World Cup. Um, Juventus and Verona, that's going to be pretty good. I mean, Verona's not really the same after Giovanni Simeone left the club. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Premier League, though. Did I miss one? No, I went through all of them. Premier League, this is where we're going to spend a little bit of time on because we got to do the Premier League pick them. Y'all ready for that? Very day. All right, well, let's just recap what happened last week. Dude, last week, a lot of us got a lot of points. So... If you, don't buy, if you don't know by now, this is powered by the NBC Sports Predictor app. Uh, pretty much there's... Yo. What? Saul got 160 points? Holy shit. No way. Does he really? Holy crap, he does. 166. No, that's... Oh, never mind. That's you with 160. I thought I was at 140. Dang, Aldo caught up to me, bro. <laughs> oh, damn. Although we got to do something, man. We got to start picking up points. Honestly, bro. I mean... Man, these shits are getting harder and harder, but yeah, we got some points this week, so I'm glad with that. It's funny because every week it's a debate with me, like, dang, should I just say what Saul says so I can keep up? <laughs> no, Honestly. I, try, I try and be different. But yeah, Premier League pick'em, guys. Um, it's powered by the NBC Sports Predictor app. It's usually five, but I think this week it's six once again. Yep, it's... Is it seven? Six. Yeah, it's six. It's been six for the past three weeks, so that's kind of nice. But yeah, uh, 10 points for getting the result completely correct, four points for getting the winner correct. And if you get all 50 points, or 60 in this case, you get a jackpot of $50,000. And you get the fun little bragging rights of a little mini league between your friends like the four of us do. So yeah, let's just jump right into it. And the first match on here is Liverpool versus Southampton. So yeah, I think pretty straightforward. Liverpool gonna get some momentum back at the right time, right before the World Cup. I'm gonna go for a comfortable three 0 
Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. Southampton just fired Hassan So uh, I don't think they have a replacement yet. But whoever comes through, I don't think they're going to have the magic to beat this Liverpool squad. So I think Liverpool win this comfortably 3-1. I'm going to say Liverpool wins this. Um, I'm going to go 4-0. I think Liverpool goes off to the break feeling real good about themselves. You know what? I say this game's going to be the one that Southampton loses 9 0 2. Dude, I'm honestly feeling like Southampton's going to lose by a big score, but I don't want to go too big either. I mean, I don't know. I think it is going to happen. So I'm going to say Liverpool. I'm going to say a solid 7. One. Wow. All right, next one. Leeds and Spurs. I'm gonna go for another Leeds last minute winner. I'm gonna say two one. It's gonna be like in the stoppage time or close to the 90th minute. Yeah, I think Leeds gonna pull it off, and Spurs are gonna go into the break with a large cloud over their head. I'm gonna agree with the scored line there, but I'm giving it to Spurs instead of Leeds. I think they're just a better squad. Squad. Uh, <laughs> and they need to be consistent. They need to be picking up points if they want to be top four. So, yeah, I'm doing 2-1 Tottenham. Yeah, uh, I'm agree with Chris, but I'm going to say it's 3-1 Tottenham. No, let's just keep it simple, all right? Because lads, it's Tottenham. That's what I'm going to say. I think Lee, Leeds are going to clearly win this. Tottenham are going to do a Tottenham. I'm going to say Leeds 3 Two. Damn, that's a good shout. All right, Newcastle, Chelsea. Will they continue this uh, four goal, scoring four goals every game streak? You know what? I'm going to go for it. I think it's going to be 4 2 to Newcastle. Ooh. I think this is going to be a good game. Uh, Chelsea, like we said earlier, are pretty inconsistent this season with all the new talent they brought in. And that's the opposite. With Newcastle, I think all of their players are performing on the highest level. Um, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. Yeah, I think um, I agree with Chris. I think it's going to be a draw. I just, yeah, I think I'll agree with Chris completely. 2-2 draw. Nah, man. I'm going to agree with Chris, man, at 4-2. That's a really good shout. I mean, Newcastle's been picking up an offense and doing really well defensively, too. I mean, they've held down to... But it's like three or two goals in their last seven or eight games, something like that. It was something crazy like that. So, yeah, 4-2 is spot on the money for me. Okay, can you guys see Graham Potter getting sacked if results still continue not to go his way? After? No, I don't think so. I think... Um, Even if he goes like on a 10-game on, on wins? I don't may, know. Maybe, but... From what I've heard, I think the uh, the owner came out and said that they'd stick with him regardless if they f- finished outside the Champions League spots, that they were more interested in a long-term project than in short-term results. Yeah. So I think it'd be very, very hard. I mean, if he loses, you know, maybe five games in a row by a greater margin of, like, four-plus goals, then yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. Um, Wolves and Arsenal. Oh, dude, Wolves going to get their ass whooped. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be 4 now. Yeah, Wolves are, are in danger this season. They are 19th right now, and they need to be picking up points soon or else they're going to be in that relegation zone. They're going to go extinct. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Arsenal do win this. 3-1. You know, I'm actually... Um, yeah, um, 
Yeah, I think Arsenal. No, I'm gonna go with a one-one draw. Probably gonna regret it, but one-one draw. I think. One-one draw. I don't know. I can't. I can't see that. I think Arsenal have been playing really good football right now. Um, I think they're gonna keep another clean sheet and get two more goals. So two nil for Arsenal. All right, second to last one. Brighton and Villa. Dang, this is tough. Brighton's on really good form. Villa's got that new manager bump. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. Yeah, I didn't count for uh, Unai Emery coming in. They did have a good result last season, but also Brighton, very good. You know what? I was going to say 2-1 Brighton, but that new manager bump changed my mind. I'm going Aston Villa 2-1. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with Chris. I think, nah, I think it's going to end in a 2-2 draw. I think 2-2 draw. I don't know, man. I'm going to give this to Brighton. I'm going to give it 2-1. It's going to be a tight one, but I think Brighton are going to have the edge over Aston Villa. And let's not forget, they beat, they did beat Chelsea 4-0 not that long ago. All right, last one. Fulham and United. I'm going to go for a Fulham upset of 1-0. I'm surprised Fulham are so high up the table. They're in seventh, I think. <laughs> You crazy? That <laughs> <laughs> just, just like clocked in my head. Fulham, dude. Fulham, they, yeah, like Chris said, they're pretty high up on the table. United, they're patchy. Fulham's at home. Like I just see it. You know, it's always the big teams that drop against drop points against the quote unquote smaller teams. You know what? I was gonna disagree, but you changed my mind. I'm gonna go for a Fulham win, two one. Actually, I'm gonna go with a one nil win for Fulham. Damn. Ah. Uh, uh, I'm actually, I'm gonna disagree with you both. Uh, I think it ends in a, you know what? I think Man United two one win. I think they lead, go to the World Cup break on a high. I mean, guys, it's easy. It's United three nil. Simple as that. I mean, Marshall came back as a sub in that Billy game. I'm sure, we still lost, but he's back. Hopefully, with you know. I think uh, a couple more days rest. I think it's a week and a half or so before this game. Should be back to what we got glimpses of, you know, and and the game against Everton and against, you know, Liverpool and that late sub and coming in late for City as well. So, three now. Easy. That's it for the Premier League Pick'em. Um, as always, make sure you guys get your picks in and submit them to our little mini league. And that's going to do it for us here on this podcast this week. Yeah, we're going to sign off for the week, y'all. Um, as always, thank you for listening. And make sure you turn in next week as uh, the last week before the World Cup or two weeks before the World Cup. Is it? I don't know. But it's soon. So we're going to give our predictions for the group stages and break down more rosters. So look forward to that. And as always, guys, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Adios. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Uh, well, we appreciate all you guys. Don't forget to follow us on our Twitters and our TikToks. Um, what is it, Chris? What's our links? 90 and 60 pod. It's Future Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, no, you all heard it there. 90 and 60 pod. Um, so follow us there. And thanks for listening, guys. Peace.